Hello and welcome to here's Johnny's reviews and my continued look at the Mad Max franchise with 1981's Mad Max 2 or Road Warrior. Coming out two years after the monster success of Mad Max and set five years after events of the first movie, made on a budget ten times the budget of the first movie, however only making a tenth of the first movie budget's profits if that makes sense. Um, this is deemed as the greatest Mad Max film to date. This movie is set in the late 80s or early 90s and is after a huge war between two superpowers, I'm guessing the US and USSR, due to the fact the time of this release. It hasn't quite kicked into a nuclear war yet, but things are pretty grim. Gas is scarce, water's even more so, and gangs rule the highway. So it's here we meet a lone Max and his dog, the dog, on the Australian highways searching for fuel, a place to sleep, and most importantly, Food. With that, it is on with the show. Before I dive into the movie I meant to say last week, these movies have very much inspired the Fallout games. In fact, in Fallout 3, I'm pretty sure you can find the exact outfit Max wears in the first movie. Starring Mel Gibson, Bruce Spence, Michael Preston, Max Phipps, Kajil Nielsen, Virginia Hay and Emil Minty. Directed by George Miller. The plot, a former Australian cop Living in a post-apocalyptic Australia, I used to have a small town of people defend their gas from a horde of barbaric warriors. The movie opens up on a voiceover from an unnamed narrator to tell the events of the world and what happened to Max in the other movie. Some say it's a voiceover from the Furrow Kids in the original, so the Furrow Kids at the start of this movie, but I'm not too sure myself. As the voiceover ends, we see Max, once again played by Mel Gibson, and his blue healer dog, Dog, getting chased by several biker gang members, including one in a buggy. After some clever driving and dodging an arrow, going into the arm of one of the gang members. Again, I won't name these people because these are not named in the movie, so why the fuck should I name these people if George Miller can't be arseating a bloody name for these people? I mean, even the people they do name, they call them Warrior Woman, Gyro Captain, Dog, I mean, for fuck's sake... Get some bloody names on these people for crying out loud. Anyway, moving on. Max causes the car and buggy to crash, so Max takes the precious gas since he's almost out. As the guy that gets arm in his arm, get arm in his arm. As the guy gets the bolt in his arm, grinches on in pain and watches from afar with his boyfriend on the back of his motorbike. Except I'm not sure if it actually is his boyfriend or his son because some people say it's his boyfriend, some say it's his son. But I'm going to go with boyfriend where he yaks when his boyfriend is killed by the feral kid's boomerang to the head. Anyway, down the road, Max finds a gyrocopter and investigates finding it abandoned only with a snake on it. Until he removes the snake and the gyro captain, played by Bruce Spence, pops up from under the sand and holds Max at crossbow point for the gas in his V8, which must have really shitty mileage. Jesus jinkies. Note... This is the same car that is in Mad Max. Also, Dog was saved from getting put down at the last minute by a crew member who also kept the dog after filming and it lived a long, fulfilled life, apparently. Apparently, the car was found in some garage in 1980 because apparently it was stolen off the lot. Something like that. It was supposed to be took apart and it was stolen, so God no one knows what happened there. Moving on, Max gets the better of the gyro captain, so he spills his guts telling him about the gasoline, or guzzoline, as it's called in this, Refinery, refinery even, only 20 miles down the road. Note, Mel Gibson, according to Intimate Database, only has 16 lines of dialogue. With that, Max takes the gyro captain with him, held at gunpoint by dog, as the dog's toy is attached to the trigger of the son-off shotgun to the refinery. At the refinery, it's surrounded by large humongouses, 
played by Kajil Nielsen, I think that's how you say his name, who was supposed to be Goose from the first movie, but was changed at last minute. Men trying to get into the gas town, as in the hills above, Max and the Gyro Captain look on. And also, I will say, for being somebody called Lord Humongous, he isn't actually that well built, to modern standards that is. Anyway, moving on. Max changed the Gyro Captain to a tree, and sets up camp watching the refinery. Later that day, he opens a can of dog food, Dinky Dink, I believe it's called, and helps himself with the Gyro Captain looking on hungrily. With that, Max tosses the can, and the dog has its fill until the Gyro Captain tries to take away from him. Much later, Gyro Captain gets the can and scoops what's left of the food from the bottom of the tin. Disgusting, but moving on. Max is awakened by sirens as Humongous' men drive off into the night. So you're telling me a vicious biker gang pisses off back to camp at night without getting a drop of gas? What is this, 90 fucking 5 terrorism for God's sake? Ooh, one of many, many things I find wrong with this movie is the bloody gang members do not act like gang members, they just act like bullies. Oh, dear God. Early the next morning, the refinery sends out scouting groups to find supplies, I'm guessing. However, are quickly caught and killed by the biker gang, raped, and then left for dead at the side of the road. Max fires up his V8 to help, however, it's too late, as the rapist has killed a woman by the time he gets there. So he kills the rapist with a blow to the head with a bolt cutter and helps the man at the crash who's been pinned to a car with two cross bolts. He drives the heavily wounded man back to the refinery with the feral kid, played by Emil Minty, watching from his hidey hole with his metal boomerang in hand. One little teeny tiny thing here, this kid's about six, seven, maybe eight, I have no idea. How the hell does he have enough strength on his arm to kill somebody with that boomerang, let alone throw the fucking thing? But moving on, Max drives up to the gates with the injured man in his V8. No biker gang members are anywhere near the fucking place at the time, handy that. Hmm? With the injured man on one shoulder and his weapons on the other, Max approaches the gates cautiously. We find out the injured man's name is Nathan, played by David Downer. Uh, with that, the refinery lets Max in. Unfortunately for Max, the, the gas town's leader doesn't honour Nathan's deal for gas, as the man dies on operating table minutes later. Just as the town is going to deal with Max and his V8, or rather for his V8, the biker gang attack out of fucking nowhere. So Max is handcuffed and forced to watch on Perilous. Lord Mungus's men hold all the refinery scouts hostage and spouts out how he runs the wasteland and how their plans to take gas from the refinery is puny and just how pray tell does he rule the gas, uh, the, the, the wastelands if Max can sneak in and out of this refinery multiple times without getting spotted and the, the camp members camp near then it's far away from the refinery and oh moving on this movie's fucking awful. Note, all these men are dressed in either SM gear or American football pads. Humongous itself is only wearing a leather jockstrap, studied, and a harness, not forgetting the Jason style hockey mask. What the fuck? Yet this is nothing to do with gay. Okay then. The feral kid sneaks out of the refinery and kills the biker from earlier, well, the boyfriend anyway, in the head with a boomerang to the skull, if that makes sense. Again, how the hell does this kid have enough strength in his arm to kill this person? We find out here his name is Vess, played by Vernon Wells, um, the guy that survived that is not the boyfriend. He tosses the boomerang to the kid, however, it misses and takes off the gang members' fingers, much to the delight of the other gang members. Wes goes apeshit mad until Humongous puts him in some sort of sleeper hold and knocks him out. Humongous gives him an ultimatum. 
leave the refinery, oil, gas and food, and they can have safe passage through the wasteland, land, or face certain death. With that, he then just fucks off, or just drives off into the night. What in the fuck? Some... Oh, moving on. Again, this movie makes no fucking sense. It's supposed to be these vicious, barbaric, marauding killers, yet they don't even attack. I mean, there's only, like, what, 25 people in this refinery, and there's dozens of biker people. Why can't I just charge the bloody... Oh, moving on. The camp argue over the ultimatum as Max befriends the feral kid, giving him a wind-up musical box he picked up early on in a movie. The captain splits in two, and no longer listen to leader Papa Gango, played by Michael Preston. Really? Papa Gango? What a fucking ridiculous name that is. Until Max pipes up with a plan and a bargain of his own. The camp council agree to Max's demands, including Water Woman, yes indeed she's called Water Woman, played by Virginia He. I don't name these people so don't fucking blame me for these ridiculous names. Anyway, they give Max five gallons of diesel and high octane gas and then send him out to find the rig from earlier on in the movie that caused the crash in the roadblock or what the hell it was earlier on. So off Max walks into the darkness carrying his fuel. Unfortunately he falls into a ditch and is almost caught by the biker gang. That morning he goes back to the hill where he changed the captain. Unfortunately Jerry Captain has snapped a tree in two and is walking in the wasteland desert, trailing half a tree behind him. Max and Dog soon catch up with him. Again, where the hell was Humongous Men to not catch the Gyro Captain as he's wandering around the place with a half a fucking tree dragging behind him? Max makes him carry the fuel back to his gyrocopter, at which point there is a dead biker and a dead snake. After patting down the dead biker, Max finds a shotgun shell for his son-off, which unfortunately is a dud. Cut to Max and the gyro captain flying to the crash rig on the highway. Max starts up the rig, no problem, even though it looks like it's been abandoned for months if not days. Leaves the gyro captain at the side of the road with his copter and heads back to the gas town. With the gyro copter following in the air, Max drives past amongst his men and finally they attack. This is only, what, the sixth or seventh time Max has sneaked in and out of this refinery, but this is the only time they attack. Again, with some clever driving skills, Max makes it through, only losing a tyre. Until Humongous takes out his 44 Magnum and puts a hole in the Griggs radiator. Where the hell did you get a 44 Magnum from in the middle of the bloody Australian outback? Hmm. Max, however, doesn't give up and drives through, making it into Gastown even though Wes is hanging off the back of rig and two vehicles make it through too. The camp take out most of the bikers, however not Wes, as he takes down a soul lonely idiot trying to reload his crossbow. Wouldn't he have these fucking weapons already reloaded? I mean, the time it takes a crossbow to be reloaded, but this guy's a moron, so it doesn't. Meanwhile, the camp leader is shot in the leg and falls off the flamethrower. Max runs up to the flamethrower and roasts a biker or two as the gyro captain lands his gyrocopter and Wes makes his grand escape. The camp leader barks out orders to the camp mechanic that he's got 24 hours to fix the rig, but the camp mechanic shouts he can date in 12. What is he, Geordi from bloody Star Trek? Oh, dear God. As the camps swarm around Max to congratulate him, however, Max only wants the gas and to be left alone. That night, Humongous crucifies and sets fire to the hostages, then does a dance in the rain for no fucking reason. Meanwhile, the camp fix the rig and the biker gang cars and round up the farm animals. Max fills his V8, including the extra fuel tanks, and refuses to listen to the camp leader as he pleads for Max to drive the rig. Bearing in mind, the leader has got a gimpy leg now because he's got a crossbow to the knee, or an arrow to the knee. The camp leader pushes Max's buttons so far, so he gets smacked in the mouth for it. 
The camp leader then calls Max a useless maggot and good for nothing. Yet not 10 minutes later is he driving the fucking rig. Even the feral kid tries in vain to get under Max's skin. Not even listening to the gyro the gyrocopter captain, Max roars off into the night, which wakes up Wes, so him and his men give chase, much to Humongous' displeasure. Yet more spit up filming during the chase, what the fuck is with that? Wes catch up with catches up with Max and causes him to crash the V8, so he steals the gas and kills Dog. However, one of Wes's men trips the booby trap and the V8 explodes. Waste of a car there then. And petrol. This leaves a heavily wounded Max stranded in the middle of the wasteland with no car, no dog and no hope to get back to the gas town. The gyro captain, however, sees a fire and flies out to save Max, taking him back to gas town. Max wakes up in the back of an ambulance, naked, next to the dead guy Wes killed earlier for some bloody reason. So, the feral kid gives him back his clothes and all is better, apparently. Even though Max has now got one eye, one good eye, and his leg is now completely fucked, he can barely stand, let alone drive a rig. Just then, the camp leader spews out his plan of escape. Max tells him he's driving the rig, and with little to no argument, he is allowed, even though he, can, as I said, can barely stand and is glumping over a place. Oh dear, oh dear. Off the drive into the desert to face off against Humongous' men which wait outside the gates patiently as the rig roars through. Okay then. Yet more spit up film as the rig drives out, with the gyro captain dropping firebombs from the sky they make their escape, until Humongous takes out the gyrocopter with one shot from his 44 Magnum. As his men chase the rig, they can't make a run for it, so Humongous' men enter the refinery as it blows up. According to Internet database, this was done for real, costing 120,000 Australian dollars. Back on the road, Humongous' men chase the tankard, and this is all very Thunderdome and indeed Fury Road to me. In fact, some of these cars are the same cars in bloody Thunderdome. The tankard is under attack from multiple angles, and Wes kills a horror woman with a quad firing crossbow attached to his favourite car. Max fights off the muscle car with a shotgun blast to the windshield, which causes a buggy to crash and then a biker to crash into the back of the buggy. This crash was done for real, apparently, and the man had his leg broken in multiple places, according to the Intimate database. So that was a real crash, but the George Miller decided to keep it in. Oh dear, oh dear, what arsehole he is. Max continues on down the road and smashes the muscle car to pieces. Finally, after five minutes of boring chase, the tanker is finally boarded, and Max is shot through the leg with a crossbow bolt. Again, this is all very much a Thunderdome. Also, are they using James Bond's ski theme from Magic Secret Service? I think they fucking well are. Max kills two bikers with a shotgun blast and sends Weds flying off the roof of the cab. Humongous takes out the camp leader's car, who is in turn taken out by the gyrocopter that comes out of nowhere, even though it was shot down earlier, and again is shot back down again. Max sends the feral kid out to get a shotgun shell on the hood of the truck, which he does, unfortunately, much like Thunderdome, Wes is hanging on to the grill of the uh, rig. Humongous somehow gets ahead of the rig, and Max smashes into Humongous's car, killing him and Wes instantly. This topples the rig, and the tankard crashes. Humongous's men just watch from afar as sand pulls out the tankard, and they just drive off. So they don't even bother taking the gas from the, the rig then. Max somehow survives this, and him and the kid look on stunned as sand pours out the tankard. Just then, out of the blue, the gyro captain drives up in his gyrocopter, 
takes a kid away with him and the camp go north. In a voiceover, we hear he grows up to become the leader of the great northern tribe. As for Max, well, he's left by the side of the road as credits roll. So that was Mad Max 2, pretty much a prelude to Thunderdome and Fury Road. Great car crashes and chases. However, this is pretty much hollow. All this is is car crashes and explosions. So for that, I'm going to give this thing a lonely 5 out of 10. God only knows why this is voted the best Mad Max, because it's not. Come back next week when I look at Leprechaun 4, because it's almost Paddy's Day, that's why we're doing it. Then the following week for my favourite Mad Max movie, Mad Max Beyond Thunderdome, starring the one and only Etina Turner. Don't forget to leave a like and follow me on SoundCloud, if you like, that is. Follow me on Twitter at Here's Johnny's Pod and email me what you thought of my podcast to Here's Johnny's Reviews at gmail.com. Also, check out my other podcasts such as Aliens, Donnie Darko, Batman Returns, Die Hard, and Viva Vendetta, as well as my other fran- franchise podcasts such as Omen, Psycho, The Fly, Resident Evil, and Underworld, as well as dozens more. And a bye.